0: Seth Spins contains mild adult language. The views of the members of this podcast do not reflect the views of Viking Fusion or Viking Fusion staff. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Season 3, Episode 2 of Seth Spins. I'm joined with a very special guest, Aiden Prince. Would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. I'm a, I'm a freshman at
1: Berry College. I'm majoring in environmental science. I like music.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's a pretty good preface. Yeah. I, I can't uh, argue with that whatsoever. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about some more eclectic genres today, but before I get into it I want to go ahead and remind the audience that we do have an associated playlist on Spotify. So you can just look up Seth Spins on Spotify. It'll have the same logo as the Fusion uh, graphic design and it will be giving you music recommendations from each individual podcast. So if you're interested in anything we're talking about You can get some really good primers, some really good uh, introductions from that stuff. So uh, yeah, ready to get into it? Certainly. So to start off, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about this concept that I think needs to be approached a little bit more often because in essence, all music is part of this genre. Mm -hmm. But um, DIY music do you want to kind of give a, a little bit of a primer into what you think DIY music is? Certainly. And I think, yeah,
1: all music really falls into DIY music because in the end of the day, it's, it's a, a person making music is right. what I think of as DIY music, which is really broad. But like um, how it's more generally appreciated is like a singular person making music with the resources that they have at their disposal, at their disposal, um, so I think you know, examples probably do it be, you know the best defining of mm-hmm. what DIY music is. Um, but when it comes down to it, yeah, it's really just it's really just people without necessarily the means of a studio or a um, you know the, the, maybe even the talent that other people more highly trained musicians have Mm -hmm. i certainly fall into that category
0: um we we don't have multiple spanning decade careers yeah exactly soundcloud (laughs) exactly yeah um Um, yeah um i was talking a little bit with other people about this but um when i think of diy music i sort of gravitate toward the platforms yeah that they're introduced on because back before the internet DIY music was music, and if you got a record exactly. deal, you got a record deal. True. Yeah. Nowadays, if you're you know an aspiring rapper or an aspiring singer-songwriter, you can upload your music, your EPs, your mixtapes mm. on SoundCloud or Bandcamp or yeah. just like a random flack file. Yeah, know? exactly. And just Spoiling anybody me. can pick it up on any social media and spread it around everywhere mm. and get it to go viral. Mm. Um, so I wanted to go ahead and ask you sort of this, this loaded question so you got nice. some stuff to work off of. But most popular music within the current era is sort of professionally produced, Mm -hmm. mixed and mastered, uh, useful for Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But underground musicians within various genres have been dropping EPs and mixtapes on all these different platforms for years. Yeah. So what separates these artists from amateurs? Because I don't think that it's amateuristic in any way, shape, or form. No. Um, Yeah, that's a really loaded question, but it's a really good
1: question, I think, uh, to think about because um, it's just, I think it comes down to experience. Right. Because uh, most DIY musicians I, in, in my, you know, delving into like more underground artists, mm-hmm. um, at some point were producing stuff that was amateurish and just sloppy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and with time, they kind of honed their craft. Right uh and what their sound I and I, I what I really like about uh you know certain uh DIY musicians is that they found a specific sound they liked. Maybe like it was in tape warble or just mm-hmm. like a, a ambient noise mm-hmm. and they just leaned into it. Absolutely. So like so um and that could be true of uh profe- you know more professional musicians and I think it's true of every musician but it um but they continue to uh propagate this really uh like this really personal sound and i think it really i think generally when i listen to diy musicians i can really hear what they're trying to uh mm-hmm.
0: their their singular vision which i think you know yeah when you bring up tapes it's really interesting mm-hmm. because this has been going on for longer than digital producing as yeah, well yeah. when you bring up tapes, I think of bands like Radiohead, I think of My Bloody Valentine right. like these bands who have put out albums and EPs that have influenced the rest of their discography right, yeah. based purely off of one production aspect mm-hmm. and one general idea they had I remember, especially in My Bloody Valentine's case like they released EPs where they just like layer guitars on yeah. each other and they liked it so much that was their entire brand and the other right. Yeah, and the other thing of, like, My
1: Bloody Valentine's a great example. The other, like, thing with, um, that I think of when I think of a, a musician or a band that is, DIY is, like, multi-tracking, and these most, like, these most basic elements of making music mm-hmm. that are, like, just at the forefront of it. Yeah. Um, so, like, so with My Bloody Valentine, um, you know, they, they had, they had these really, it came from this really shoegazy era, mm-hmm. and they just like fully leaned into what this, this production aspect that was, that, that they, they really just put it at the forefront. Like, if you want to know what shoegaze is,
0: mm-hmm.
1: look no further.
0: Absolutely. No, they are the poster child. Yeah. It's, I, I talked about it on another podcast, but the same way Nirvana is the poster child of grunge, there's no other place yeah. to look whatsoever. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in shoegaze as a genre, or in like that particular genre, you have to start yeah. there. And that, that's going back to the idea of like DIY, DIY music. They're progenitors. Exa- yeah, right? yeah, they're, yeah. They're creating not just music for their band to mm-hmm. get, you know, big label attention. They're creating their own sounds. Yeah. On the hip-hop side of things, I think of like Lil Uzi Vert, Playboy yeah. Party, and that whole like trap genre sort of spawning like cloud rap and all these other different types of music mm-hmm. are directly coming from the platform that they're embracing. And it's, their contemporaries that are creating the genre with them. Yeah. If you had a Playboy Cardi by himself or a Lil Uzi Vert by himself, rap music would not sound the same as it does now. I it's understand. the fact that they link together in mm. their amateur music that creates those diverging like, uh, concepts. Does that yeah. make any
1: sense? No, 100%. And like, SoundCloud rap is such a... Good example. And, like, it was such, it's such a genre-shifting thing. Mm-hmm. And I think we are it's something that I don't even have to explain because we're all kind of no, familiar we're, we're with it. we're ingrained we're in it. We're ingrained in it, yeah. We, we came up with it, absolutely. But I, I, defi- I totally remember, like, the first time a buddy came over to my house and was like, have you heard of XXX Exactly, yeah. And I'm like, no. Yeah. I, that wasn't for long.
0: Yeah, that, that, you learned pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, you have to learn pretty but quick. But, yeah, after the little peeps and little pumps of so like, Exactly. Up, yeah. yeah, I, I know. <laughs> Um, So talking a little bit about DIY Music, how do these platforms support their musical efforts? Because I remember there was this huge story, um, it must have been a year or two ago, it was pre-COVID, where SoundCloud was going to go bankrupt and then Chance the Rapper funded SoundCloud to continue because he said, like, my career is entirely coming from this platform. Without this platform, I wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not saying Chance the Rapper is in his best days at the moment, nah. but like, I mean, it's true. It's, like his his career would not have, and he's a super successful independent right. artist. It's it's and unique artist exactly. Like, and like,
1: um, platforms platforms like this have have given w- rise to independent artists who are just fully independent. And like yeah. Chance the Rapper is such a good example because he's an artist that remained independent while being like. Chart topping and you know mm-hmm. this um, this like this money making machine yeah who does Doritos commercials but like, he's but then you real like you remember he's
0: independent right which yeah. is insane he he had never signed a record label no it's like to any record label and yet was breaking Kit Kat bars and winning Grammys I know. and that's that was unheard of we're we're really, Ten years ago.
1: yeah yeah and we're really like I I love I love consuming internet music because we're like mm-hmm. on the we're on the brink of like are we kind of have been on the brink we've we've kind of surpassed mm-hmm. and we're into this great new world of you know music and which which you know comes with its own pitfalls and mm-hmm. what have you but um I, I yeah, it's, it's the 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 idea that you can one day be listening to someone who has 300 monthly listeners on mm-hmm. Spotify or whatever and then in a couple months, maybe their tick- a song goes viral on TikTok, and then they're. It's so it's so weird because I've been going through like artists who've blown up on TikTok, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, they'll be like, um, their songs have like maybe a, some of their songs have like a thousand streams. Mm-hmm. One has
0: hundred fifty million. Exactly, it's insane. Rock <laughs> it's, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, classic example of it. It's Nobody real... even knows his name. I I could not tell you. I it, couldn't tell it, you. If like, You put a gun to my head. Yeah. No, I yeah. would be dead. <laughs> Um, right. Talking about platforms is interesting because something that just came off the cuff to my head was I think platform can mean a couple of different things. You can talk about your SoundCloud and your Bandcamp, mm-hmm. but also those have been, been around the entire time the internet's been around. Yeah. In like the mid to late 2000s, early 2010s, a lot of up-and-coming musicians were forming collectives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to mention Odd Future. 100%. I think that's sort of the main... Brockhampton's kind of doing it now, yeah, yeah. but I don't think it's to the same scale. You have several chart-topping musicians that came mm-hmm. from that collective who were just making music to make music. You have your um, Sid the Kid, you have your Earl Sweatshirt, you right. have your Tyler the Creator, you have Frank Ocean. I mean, you just have tons of people that are still extremely culturally relevant, right. and they were dropping mixtapes that you know were getting copyright strikes from samples and all yeah. the other different things. And now they're, you know, the biggest names in music for their respective genres.
1: And it's so great because, like, you look at, like, I guarantee you, if you look at, like, the the people who have songs on the charts, they can cite a member of Odd Future as Mm -hmm. being really impactful in their artistic career. Absolutely. Because, like, that that feeling of DIY and that feeling of, like, being able to just, like, DM someone and be like, hey, you want to be in our rap group? And then like, yeah, okay. That that something so like liberating mm-hmm. that you're like, okay, well I could do it too. And then you have a whole lot of people that are like, I like, could do it. Yeah,
0: because I, I remember it kind of comes in waves. Yeah. Um, I remember Kanye West in the twenty tens was like the big like every right. artist was right. influenced by Kanye West. Yeah. I don't think that's the case as much anymore. It's <laughs> obviously still a thing. Yeah. But you're not hearing as many soul and chip tune samples yeah. in music as you were five, ten years ago. Now you see groups, like, I think Brock Hampton was the last big one that did that. Yeah. But now you're hearing groups that are like, oh, Tyler the Creator is who really got me thinking about making my own music and my right. own production and um, your JPEG mafias and stuff like that that are like, you know, I want to mix and master and do everything by myself. Yeah, yeah. And, you know? Because people are, are kind of falling out of that concept of signing the record label and letting other people produce their music. Um, it's, it's getting to be a lot more of an altruistic yeah, idea. And I think I think um, when you like
1: the history of that is something so amazing because there have always been like musical auteurs, and mm-hmm. there have always been people who did mix and master and did all this stuff by themselves. I you know I'm a really big fan of music from the '70s, mm-hmm. and Todd Rundgren is mm-hmm. a quintessential genius. Yeah, he's he's wonderful. Musical genius. Um, maybe he, general genius. Yeah, yeah, maybe possibly. Maybe, possibly. Um, but like yeah, like listening to something, anything, and re- realizing that he like did everything for some of these songs, mm-hmm. is is insane. Cause, mm-hmm. they, cause they, cause they, top charts in their time, and, and it continues. That tradition kind of continues now, um, with with artists like JPEG Mafia and mm-hmm. you know um, uh, every every member of Odd Future. I think of uh, I think of Steve Lacey
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah
1: absolutely big because because like i whenever i record i use um i use garageband on my phone mm-hmm. he does the same thing and he does like oh he 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 like the fact that he um mixed and mastered like i don't know if he mastered it but he mm-hmm. he mixed and produced was a pride off of uh, yeah off of damn yeah 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 on his on his iPhone which is ridiculous which is ridiculous and that I, song sounds awesome <laughs> it's, it's amazing and it's really amazing what like technology's allowed us to do um, musically like it's it's you really can you really mm. can make something that sounds okay just in an evening it's, <laughs>
0: It used to be that you would have like in-house producers producing yeah. Kendrick Lamar albums yeah. that sound incredible, and it's like for one specific audience. Mm-hmm. And now you have things like Damn, where it's like, DNA is a Gucci main beat. Yeah. Which is just mind-blowing to think about, yeah. that somebody like Kendrick Lamar would put that on their studio album. But right, it, it's right. getting to the point where you're blurring the lines where some kid in his garage can make a beat that's the same or better than this in-house producer who has access to hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of studio equipment and can create walls of sound and pay for samples, all these other things. Um, I just wanted to tag on to Odd Future a little bit. Um, I think it's interesting, because I've noticed this, because it's kind of my wheelhouse in terms of where I got into music, Mm -hmm. but that sort of combination that all of them have started dabbling in of mixing hip-hop, pop, R&B, avant-garde music to create... I don't even know what to call it anymore. It's it's called Pollen on Spotify. You exactly. know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. It's, your, it's your Blood Oranges. It's your Omar Apollo, um, Yves Tumor. Like, mm-hmm. all of these people that are creating... I don't even know what to call this genre, but it's, it's very Frank Ocean-esque. Yeah, yeah. Um, where it's focused a lot on writing and on ethereal, quote-unquote, beats, beats. If you can see the cat scratches I'm making right now. Yeah. <laughs> But just this really interesting genre, or lack thereof, that I think is... It's interesting interesting. that it's one of the most popular as of right now, at least critically, Mm -hmm. because it defies, like, categorization. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And, like, you
1: can try to categorize it all day, but but the things that keep getting through and kind of associated with that Mm -hmm. quote-unquote genre Mm -hmm. is, like they keep changing it up and it's it it it, it really is like pop music nowadays mm-hmm. it's just the it's, it's just the popular music it's hard to define it's yeah. kind of impossible to define yeah
0: i i remember looking at uh frank ocean's blonde on apple music and mm-hmm. it's classified as pop yeah which is just one of the weirdest things i've ever experienced in my life <laughs> but yeah, um yeah so what artists stick out to you within this sort of diy landscape um like I know for me it would probably be the more popular ones. Yeah. But I think um I look back at like The Weeknd's early work. Mm-hmm. I look back at Frank Ocean's later work. I look at Tyler Creators like newest albums. Right. Um I see, you know, stuff like that. Big, um, big sampling kind of stuff. Yeah. I think I think of
1: when I think of like artists in this um this really like difficult to define genre of music. I think it's of, murky. Yeah. yeah, it's murky. I, I the first one that comes to mind and you already mentioned it was uh, Deb Hines, Blood mm-hmm. Orange. Yeah. Um, is, he's like, I'll, I'll be listening to a piece that he made and, and then like shuffle through his discography and it's completely different mm-hmm. and it just feels like, I don't know. I, I remember, I have this distinct memory that I'll always associate of, of him, mm-hmm. like with him of waking up in like a a motel room, like my parents, we went on a trip to the beach and and I was really hot, and I just passed out with my earbuds in, and I woke up to like, um, it's, I forget the name of the song, Mm -hmm. i could i could find it but it a a blood orange song and it was just so it just it was already so murky Mm -hmm. and i felt so murky waking up to it yeah it was it was such a it was such a uh like i felt like the song in the in that moment and there are very few songs i think can really uh (laughs) it's like that scene in breaking bad
0: where he like floats off of the bed (laughs) basically
1: yeah i felt like jesse pinkman
0: (laughs) i feel like Um, Jesse. um I have one more idea, but it's going to have to come back to me. Um, so I wanted to touch on field recordings.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm less familiar with the concept, but um, I guess I'll go ahead and ask the question just to kind of get us started. So as we continue down this sort of rabbit hole of, of decidedly eclectic music, yeah, yeah. like this is not typical stuff. Maybe the the um, pop, R&B, hip-hop stuff. That's that's more general. Yeah. But some of the other stuff is definitely left you know, field. Um But field recordings are similarly considered to be sort of like a fringe genre, or at least a genre that's hard to define. But music in that field sort of foregoes studios entirely. Mm -hmm. That's sort of its main uh, characteristic. Um, So it's kind of known for like easy listening, casual listening, um, sleep aids. Right. Um, But a lot of people, like yourself, like genuinely take interest within it as a genre, which I find really, really interesting. So like, how did you get? It's gonna be hard to broach. Like, right. how did yeah. you get into uh, field recordings as a genre? Um, because it's not gonna pop up on your recommended. No, it certainly doesn't. Your um, your discover weekly. It's like.
1: It first it had to be the concept had to be, uh, normalized for me. Right. I listened to artists that would talk about field recordings, and it was it was very impassing.
2: passing.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and. I would, and it and it really um, eventually got to like. Other interests of mine coming into my music, I really like incorporating. You know, if I'm if I'm, you know, learning history, or mm-hmm. if I'm learning about, if I'm learning about the blues, or if I'm I'm really interested in, the blues for a week, I go to uh, I go to field recordings. I go to what did the Mississippi Delta sound like at this time. Mm-hmm. I I. I think of, you know, associating myself with uh you know, places or mm-hmm. it it the beauty the beauty of field recordings is it can really take you away. It can take you anywhere. What
0: I'm kinda of gaining from it is that sort of like sampling, but in a yeah. different way. It's it's archival. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a way to sort of bring about an era or bring about mm-hmm. an a idea. Place. Yeah. Like if somebody hears a recording in the Mississippi Delta from whatever year, yeah, they may not know it, but it's influencing what they're listening to by quite a lot. Exactly. Even if it's not directly within the and, recording. And like seeking influence is
1: something I really like to do when I'm looking at artists. And it's mm-hmm. something it's kind of an impediment for me, honestly, of finding new artists. Mm-hmm. Is like I keep going back and it's a it's a cyclical process. I don't suggest it unless <laughs> you're like really wanting to fall into a hole. But, um, but like in trying to find like this in trying to find a, um, you know, a singular, uh, influence of over, you know, rock and roll or whatever, Mm -hmm. you come, you come to these really quiet kind of contemplative, uh, or just loud and, uh, abrasive is, is the best word, definitely songs that by like people like, um, know Mississippi, uh, Mississippi Joe uh, mm-hmm.
0: Jackson, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard the name. I don't. I'm not familiar
2: with. Yeah, music.
1: but he. But but the and and the other thing about the blues, I I kind of senior year of high school I started listening to the blues.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, as a as a more of a uh, more of a folk music, less less B B King, more more these guys that. Uh, would just be in their backyards, and someone would come along with a microphone, and be like, "Hey, you wanna? I see you have a guitar. You wanna with yeah, yeah. something?" Yeah. Um, Start a band in your garage. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of came, and it kind of for me, um, branched off of gospel music. Okay. Because I'm, you know, I really enjoy gospel music, mm-hmm. and um, and the blues and gospel are they they mingle. They do mingle. Um, a lot of a lot of these, you know, southern blues artists, mm-hmm. most of their albums have
0: at least one gospel tune on them. And and there's reasoning for that, too, because a lot of people in the South, you know, are in Baptist churches, are in these denominations, Mm -hmm. and they're in choir practice. That's how they get their start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's, I I remember it's like Katy Perry, I think Casey Musgraves, a lot of artists get their start because they're like, wow, I can sing in choir, and I can do it well. Yeah. And that's why I'm going to record, like, secular music. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. You know, it's just, it's a very interesting, like, shift but it's how they realize that they're interested in what they're doing.
1: And it really is like and I think I I love I love history and that's another reason that mm-hmm. I really enjoy field recordings is cause I can I can like be in a different time just and like you said it's archival. Mm-hmm. Um but like but it's so it, it is it's funny to listen like because that's true that's been true through the ages.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um like you'll have a uh, a a um an artist like uh, Georgia artist, uh, like uh, a barbecue Bob is a, is a, is a blues musician mm-hmm. that, um, and he has, and he has, you know, songs about Jesus and songs about his woman, you know, being unfaithful. And it's like on the same, it, it's not really an album cause it's more of a field recording. Right. Uh, it's, it's a compilation of, of, of songs of his. Um, so it's like for me that like, that dichotomy has always really existed and it's mm-hmm. it's it's really interesting to And look and at. there
0: there are albums where the circumstances of their recording makes them better than other albums despite the music. Right. Does that make any sense? No, yeah for like, sure. Like I think of um, Folsom County. Right, right. I think of um and this is a little bit different, but I think of um Marty Robbins. Yep. Like his classic album. I think that's that's Big art. Part and parcel mm-hmm. the issue there, you know? Yeah, it's, for it's sure. The fact that it sounds like a Western because it's recorded in 1959, this just garbage microphone. Yeah. But it, it's just him telling songs over the course of, I think it was two days. Yeah. Like, it was recorded in, like, 48 hours. Um. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so do you think the genre of field recording... Because I, I am genuinely interested mm-hmm. in the concept. Like, do you think they're underappreciated because... And you can agree or disagree, but do yeah. you think that they're underappreciated... Because of a lack of understanding for their appeal. I do. I would have to, I mean, uh, just, yeah, that sounds right to me, just Mm -hmm. off the bat. Um, Because I think about it, and I'm like, the same person that would say, why are you listening to a dot wave file of a creek in 1878? Yeah. Why are you listening to that? And then they'll play like Red Dead Redemption 2, and they'll hear the same wave file and be like, like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) this is so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's the like.
1: It's a it's something I think that other interests have to be mingled with to to really entice people. Mm-hmm. Like um, I I'll admit it's hard for me to just listen just like sit down one day and be like I want to listen to the sounds of South Africa from nineteen fifty seven the mm-hmm. folkway recording of the sounds of South Africa yeah. Um, other times like I'll be driving in my car and I'm just like, Do you know what? I wanna hear a kookaburra. Mm-hmm. And turn that on and I'm and I'm and I'm in the I'm in the rainforest, I'm listening to a bunch of different animals. Which is like it, it is it is weird. It's um It's like an audiobook. It really yeah, it really is. It's like yeah. an audiobook of nothing. <laughs> um, but so so I do think they're underappreciated because they are hard to um, to kind of understand mm-hmm. kind of uh appreciate um and i think that comes down to you know people wanting to listen to high fidelity music people wanting to be like oh this is this this is really this is produced really well it's not going to be produced well beats per minute kind of exactly go away. <laughs> yeah yeah so um uh but i enjoy i enjoy field recordings and i and honestly if if I'm of the I'm of the mindset that if you really can't get into something, you know, don't you don't need Move to beat on. your head over it. Yeah. Yet. Um, so like the fact that I just happened to fall into it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I think I think also my my love of field recordings, uh, this is kind of you know going off on a little bit of a tangent, but it comes down to like cultural thing because because yeah. like all coming back to archival, uh, you know, uh, Alan Lomax is a Father of field record is like a, a mm-hmm. father of field recording. He is a he is a uh, legend. Huge. He's kind of he's kind of a legend in the field recording scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and and
0: however you describe the scene yeah, of field recording, yeah, so. however
1: however you'd like to describe it, uh, place on phonograph. <laughs> yeah, really, really. That's I mean that's yeah. what it was. Um, and and he's his his willingness to just go places and because because people have something to say, people have something to sing. It's mm-hmm. that's kind of universal. Um so I've never I've never interacted with some of the like art like some of the people the people groups that I'll I'll listen to like I'll listen to um the music of certain indigenous tribes mm-hmm. of North America and they're and they're just to appreciate what has existed since like before america did right you now it's right. kind of like a, it's kind of like this big if you like listening to like this this really echoey you know psychedelic music just sitting down and feeling smaller than yourself mm-hmm. um i i do that with like temporally you know yeah, I, yeah. I sit down and listen to something that's existed for so much longer than i have and i feel like yeah,
0: I feel the weight of it, you know? If that if that is understandable. I, absolutely. I, I totally get it. I mean, I think... I've talked about wall of sound a little bit, but mm-hmm. that's kind of how I feel Yeah, I hear right? something that's just mm-hmm. recorded eight tracks. Exactly. You know, it's like 120 decibels. It sounds like you're going to lose your hearing. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought up the idea that, like, field recordings are, like, a fringe genre and you don't have to get into something mm-hmm. that's decidedly, you know, not interesting to everybody. It's right. not going to be interesting to right. everybody. Pop is the only genre that's trying to do that. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Um, but, th- I mean, that's why I do the podcast, right? You know, if I introduce somebody to something that they wouldn't have been introduced to otherwise, right. I've done my job. Right. Um, I My guests have done, you know, their due diligence to spread what they enjoy, and it's going to make their lives better. Precisely. More people are interested in what they're interested in. Um, so if you're thinking of introducing somebody to that genre. Mm. It sort of leads into my question of, what artists do you enjoy <laughs> in the genre? Who would you introduce? So,
1: I mean, like, as far as a genre, mm-hmm. I, I, and, I, and I come with the baggage of, I like listening to old music. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you're trying to find more contemporary field recordings, I'm sure they're out there. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you could find, I, I highly suggest... If, you know, finding a, uh, uh, a people group you're interested in or a, um, or just a sound that you would like to hear, Mm -hmm. like if you want to listen to the sounds of the Appalachia Mm -hmm. and look at Smithsonian folkways, Mm -hmm. uh, it's, they're, they're like the, they're like the, um, the label that produces a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, um, cultural folk music. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, you know, I found folk artists on folkways and I found field recordings of like on folkways and for mm-hmm. me for me personally I like going back. Because that that really is all it is is archival. Um but if you're looking for like a name the to to like search on Spotify and find, listen to their stuff. Um Alan Lomax. Okay. I I suggest um because he he really is um more than even a field recording artist he's an he's an archivist so mm-hmm. he wouldn't only um he has he has a he has a uh, really great album of prison songs
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's just uh you know it, it 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 you're able to you're kind of able to um put yourself in cuz i think i th- i i also come at Life with the feeling of like songs are the most empathetic. Like, I, mm-hmm. I can
0: empathize through time to right. people through to song. You can understand someone's emotions or someone's plight. Right. Due to their music. And it's, right. It's, it's almost impossible otherwise. And it's not going to translate through text the same way it is exactly
1: audio. And I think of, you know, I think of a. Uh, uh, labor music mm-hmm. and I and I really I can really uh, I can really enjoy um, the in the same way that I think sea shanties blew up for a few hours mm-hmm. this this uh, <laughs> like a few summer minutes. yeah like yeah. like it's 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 a it's a conjoined effort mm-hmm. that goes beyond the labor that they're going through and the it's educational it really is yeah yeah um so if you, in, like, so I go prefacing, you know, field recording saying if you enjoy, like, folk music, if you enjoy, like, music of people through time. Yeah,
0: and uh, to interject, I would say another way to sort of describe it is I think it's kind of similar to people that enjoy colorized history, yeah. colorized photos, colorized yes. videos. I, I know that I've personally enjoyed looking at videos of, like, 1900s New York. Mm-hmm. Or 1910's New York because it, it showcases how, you know, black and white takes you away from right. the concepts a lot. And it makes you think like, oh, this is a time entirely divorced from my own. Right. But you, you look at colorized versions of this stuff or you look at like, I saw one that was like from 1993. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, 1993 New York is an entirely different America. It really is. It's, it's just as different as 1900's New York was to 2021. You know what I mean? Yeah because that that's America that's like most independent. You know what I mean? No, i hundred percent agree. Like superpower max, you know. Um but yeah, if you're interested in looking at like colorized photos, videos, I think it's a similar because it, it is archival, it yeah. is interesting, but it's there's a genuine like it's genuine interest. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And it and it is something you learn from. And that's probably that
1: that was probably better than any like any simile I could I could have given uh, or like if you enjoy you know a suggestion I could have given because yeah. I, I I mean I don't usually look at uh, but i but i I don't usually look at archived uh, footage but it, the same but it really is the same mm-hmm. um you know it's it's understa- yes yeah, it's, it's it's being able to understand people through time
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, temporal as you, yeah, as you put yeah. it yeah um so, so so you mentioned one artist mm-hmm and and the my,
1: my best suggestion, and this is a, this is just me, um, you know, if you like it, look at the suggestion, look at the, look mm-hmm. at the suggested artists, look at the, uh, you know, go through the, however, I, I, that's how, that's how I usually do it. I, I'll, yeah. I'll look at a Wikipedia article or like, <laughs> disambiguation. I, I, yeah yeah, yeah, I find like, I find a surprising amount of artists through Wikipedia. Yeah. Um,
0: but like if you look at um, writing credits and producer credits and stuff I had an episode I think it was last season where I talked about finding music and all the wacky ways you can do it you can go on Discogs you can Mm -hmm. you know footnotes it's it's crazy what you can find that you'll really really love if you do that exactly um, yeah no absolutely especially with field recordings yeah so
1: like field recordings I mean if you're if you're ever like thinking of a place you might want to go or like just like maybe I would want to go to Um, maybe I would want to go to the Sahara I wonder what the Sahara Mm -hmm. sounds like Um, and then the Sahara has quite a musical history in itself um, Mm -hmm. with uh, you know kind of Bedouin guitar music Um, but if you're ever thinking of like a place that you'd want to go or visit or a culture that you're unfamiliar with that you'd like to be more familiar with 100% suggest you know trying to find a a field recording that of of that of those people cuz yeah. it's it's their you know it's their music and just taking time to appreciate that is is it it like for for me it like transports me there especially in a time you know in this uh you know quarantine time and mm-hmm. where we're supposed to, I think I really fell back in love with field recordings over quarantine because it gets you out. Yeah, it's like I, I, I just don't want to be where I am right now so I want to listen to just yeah. something completely off the wall mm-hmm. and then. helps it's in the past. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So like just, it, it really it really for me personally transports
0: me places because mm-hmm. uh, you can like just close your eyes and be like, oh I'm here. Yeah, to to cap it off, it's kind of like um, I know a lot of people that are into filmmaking and film in general, and I think a lot of them gravitated towards watching their old favorite movies or movies set in like World War II or a bunch of different settings Mm -hmm. that aren't now because it separates them from their current time, you know? Yeah. It's like, regardless of like, you know, World War II, contentious time, you know? But um, it it separates from the very real Mm -hmm. current you know, dilemma that you're having. Yeah. So it just kind of showcases it. There's a lot of different ways to to frame it and show that, like, hey, you know, field recordings are a legitimate genre. You can enjoy them just as much. Exactly. You know, you just have to kind of go into it. It's not just people recording grass. It's, you know... Yeah, yeah. There's more to it. And that is, know? that is like a, that, I think that
1: is a, a misconception when you think mm-hmm. of field recordings. We, we try to put an image
0: on it. Yeah, when yeah. When you shouldn't
1: put an image on it.
0: And it's a field recording. Exactly. <laughs> and, know? like, it's
1: not just, it's not just recordings of nature those are nice those are nice but even um, on, even on like some of the albums that like would would appear to mm -hmm. be especially like the older you get because they really were just throwing everything into one Mm -hmm. um and i think like i think it's almost for academic reasons like if 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 people were studying this place in a school they would like just have this record that they could put on and be like this is what this sounds like Yeah. yeah So um like even even with some of the things that would appear it would just be birds or uh you know locations maybe like a, mm-hmm. you know a, a, the sound of animals it you'll you'll find like people making music within that with some sometimes i mean it's not a it's not a but one of my the the, the field recording album that i always like was my first was the sounds of a south african homestead okay um, very interesting. It was like it was like what kind of interested me and, and the first that, that, that like unveiled the Yeah. The curtain. Yeah, know? that's that's why I mean that's why some of my references like are like there's more of this, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's more to that. So like the first um the first six songs are just of birds. Uh mm-hmm. well actually no, the the first five are birds and the the, the uh, seventh or sixth has some amphibian Mm-hmm. which is nice um but but after that it's curbstone musicians
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh song like traditional songs uh wenza mutu um and you know traditional traditional rhythms, traditional songs uh this this i i am unfamiliar with this particular song it just says beer drink um yeah but but it's just it's just uh sounds of sounds of people making sounds which mm-hmm. i which i you know, in my in my uh, musical journey is kind of like it's really abstracted. I think I liked music, and I liked this certain kind of music, and then I was like, well, I can like this music, and then it kind of ab- abstracted to where I was like, I can like, I can like what I like, I can like, uh, I can like a certain sound, I can like this certain quality in a mix, mm-hmm. and then that expanded to be like, I could like sound, I could just listen to sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and people making sound, so so appreciating appreciating the sounds people make when, when they don't have to record it, you know. Right. It's right. it's kind of this. It's kind of a. It's a really nice feeling, when you, when it's, this appeared naturally. You know, it wasn't someone going
0: into the studio and be like, I gotta cut. It a, wasn't. It wasn't a conscious, conscious conscious effort. Right. To like. Appeal, right? It Doesn't it have to appeal to anybody, but yeah. that's what makes it appealing in it a way. Was like, ironically, it was
1: like just what this guy, this guy and his friends were like. Yeah, we'll sing it. We can sing a song while we're at the bar or while we're drinking stuff, just to just to alleviate, you know, just to feel make everyone feel good, alleviate mm-hmm. the pressures of life. And so, like when I listen to when I listen to field recordings and uh, folk music. And I think, and I and I have to uh, define folk music. I think, cause it's, cause it is a genre, and it's a yeah. genre I enjoy. But like, I, when I think of folk music, I think of the music of people, mm-hmm. of 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 uh, cultures, as um, in in like their in their in, in essence, in, you in know.
0: Folk music is just as much the story being told within the exactly. song as the story behind the song, exactly the, the environment that right. is surrounding it. So, so when I listen
1: to, so when I listen to, I, I, I consider that, you know, I consider mm-hmm. or just a traditional wedding song, that's, that's folk music. It's the music yeah. of folk. Yeah. Um, so, so I listen to that and I kind of get this, you know, it is, a, it is a feeling that's, you know, the world's bigger than me and it's mm-hmm. a really nice,
2: personally
1: humbling yeah. feeling. I think, I, th- I do think it's like. You know, I, I it's not gonna be everybody. Uh, it's not gonna be everybody's cup of tea. I'm not trying to gatekeep. Like I'm not right, trying to say right. don't don't listen to the field recordings.
2: Yeah,
1: you should try. <laughs> yeah, um, but like I I but I have to admit that it's like it is it is it's kind of niche.
2: Yeah. No, absolutely.
1: Especially to like casually listen to. But if but if but if you're like uh, if you just want to like. If you don't want to listen to music, but you want to have some noise on it, yeah. 100%. No, it's excellent white noise if you need it. Yeah, you know. exactly. And it's, and, and it's like, it's transportative, it's, it takes you away, it, it makes you feel like mm-hmm. you're anywhere you want to be.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, um, I want to go ahead and introduce two artists yeah. that I think sort of run the gamut of what you can expect from field recordings. Yeah. Um, starting off the more traditional one I'm thinking of, we talked about analog tapes a little bit, Mm -hmm. but, um, William Basinski's, the disintegration tapes are really, really cool. Yes. So it's, it's William Basinski is this guy who I think he recorded four separate, um, tapes that, um, after each loop, they are Mm -hmm. slowly like just getting worse and worse for wear. And it creates this really cool, like, almost procedural, like, procedural, like, development. Yeah. And it's just, it's something that I I don't know how to describe it other than to say, like, you should listen to it. But it gives you an idea of the more traditional field of recording and, like, how it can be interesting. So I just wanted to throw that out there for anybody who's interested. Yeah. Um, And I know some people have already heard those before because they're quite famous. But, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, The other one, this, this goes more to the music side. And more like quote unquote sampling, but I'd call this a field recording. Right. So, uh, musical duo Matmos. They're still, you know, doing music now. They're still making great stuff, but they have an album called Ultimate Care Two. Okay. And it's uh, the album cover is like this weird white block with like chunks taken out of it. You can Yeah. You know, it's it's pretty weird looking. It's 40 minutes or so. Okay. Of music, like like legit electronic music that sounds really good and really fun, really interesting. It's all sampled from a washer-dryer combo. That's fascinating.
1: Every single bit of it. And that, like, and and I love, like, I love that. That's so cool. I'm definitely going to listen to that Mm -hmm. later because that, I mean, that is archival. Right. Like, who would have, who would have, you know, what if we, what, where would we be in the world if 40 years in the future we didn't have the sound of this specific model of washer-dryer?
0: We just wouldn't know you have no idea And you can for. make music that you would yeah. not be able you would not yeah, be able yeah. to make otherwise that's right? awesome so i just i wanted to throw those out there cuz i think they're very interesting to mm-hmm. just kind of give people an idea of like oh this can be really really cool and interesting yeah. Yeah. just from both of our point of views um, so just to cap everything off i i think we're wrapping things up here. okay yeah um so you dabble in creating music um, obviously fringe genres influence your work a little bit yeah um what other sort of musical outlets do you partake in? Are there any other genres that you want to just kind of throw in? Any recommendations?
1: I mean, you know, I listen to... When I say I listen to everything, I really do try to listen to everything. Mm-hmm. And
0: I think all of... I think, the, I think you're allowed to say that. Yeah. I think yeah. you've been given the, the pass to say that. I appreciate that. I
1: finally, <laughs> someone did it. Um, but But... I, I think... If, you if you wanna if you wanna say you listen to everything and not say like, I hundred percent li- suggest listening to like some Marty Robbins. Yeah. Some you know get get it get, dip your toes in the country. Yeah. Listen to listen to the good stuff that like everybody can agree is good. Dolly yeah. Parton. You you gotta if you're gonna say you listen to everything you can't yeah.
0: say but country. Yeah. Please
1: because don't. Because then you me. don't listen to everything. And, and 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 I'm telling you like like um, listen to listen to. Uh, some more there are there are there are so many um like country inspired Mm -hmm. or like folk inspired artists that Mm -hmm. that you can um you know take a lot out of I want to throw in I was talking earlier about you know music of the Sahara um uh it's 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 not necessarily Bedouin it's just uh Mm -hmm. migrant uh Kind of like traveling people, guitar mm-hmm. music. Yeah, the, yeah. So it's so it's it's Bedouin is a really like a traveling band. Yeah, yeah. Bedouin's really like, uh, you know, it's kind of a blanket term. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, and I might be correct. I could be corrected. Uh, but, um, I could. but. I could. I would.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't. Simply do not know. There,
1: there are just there are just specific people. It's per- particularly like they're mainly sh- shepherds mm-hmm. and like and these cultures. But they but a. Um, uh like um a very it's 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 weird like a very particular guitar mm-hmm. um music has has come from them um so um so like a the most popular i think um artists from these from this like saharan um saharan you know From the sahara i think
2: Mm
1: -hmm. are is is win okay and and um so and they've toured like they've toured all over they have uh you know they have some really they've been around since like early 2000s Mm -hmm.
2: um
1: they got really good uh ambient guitar music and it's and it's you know they're using they're using tones and and scales that we don't really listen to you know have a lot in western music Mm -hmm. so i mean i highly suggest uh listening to some you know dipping your toes in the sand of the sahara as as like i'm channeling my npr Mm -hmm. Uh, that would be a sweet title for this episode yeah 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 i'm gonna try to remember that so like you know um listen to music you enjoy that's my biggest suggestion i mean if you wanna if you really wanna broaden your horizons uh you know listen to music that other people enjoy and with with like the with like the idea and i mean other people like other other cultures completely separated mm-hmm. from your own yeah and really try to try to like appreciate it the way that they can mm-hmm. um that's like that's how I get the most enjoyment out of it also um I want to plug Jonathan Richmond okay like he's he's who I he's my he's my DIY idol okay kind of and, and it completely doesn't have anything to do with like field recordings really but mm-hmm. like um yeah he's like he's like has a doo-wop sound but just okay. really happy music he he, he just he, he's like it's like duop but it's like he was clearly inspired by like more duop vocal stylings but it's mm-hmm. just it's just good stuff he yeah He's just quality I could, content. I could talk about good it for hours. I love, I, I love you. Jonathan Richmond. But um, so listen to Jonathan Richmond.
0: just good plug. Yeah, good plug. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap up the podcast. We're running out of time here. Um, I'm really excited to have had you on here. This has yeah. been a very enlightening conversation. Um, it's always nice to get some people that don't listen to the same thing as everybody else. Yeah, it gives me topics that I can, you know, approach very differently. Certainly. And and introduce people to new stuff that they, they might find interesting. But um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. Um, sure. Closing thoughts. I think this went really, really well. Yeah. Um, I hope everybody finds music that they can enjoy. Yeah. Um, appreciate everybody listening in. This has been uh, Seth Spins Season 3, Episode 2, and I hope you have a good rest of the day.